This is Our Point with Zach and Carmen. Howdy. Hi. How's it going? Good. I've really gotten into using the word howdy. It's a a new thing that I'm doing. I even like in emails, I'm saying howdy to people. Um, I don't know. It's just 2021, changing it up a little bit. I like it. It feels folksy, friendly. Yes. Yes. Um, So if you catch me becoming a cowboy, that's why. All right. New year, new me. Um, that's my plan. What are you doing today? Uh, you know, just, just working. Mm-hmm. Still have a cold. Mm-hmm. We're on day eight of cold watch 2021. Okay. Well, and it is now cause it started with a terrible, terrible sore throat and it is now some coughing Oh. and the runny nose. Are you sure you don't have COVID? I'm sure I don't have COVID. Okay, okay, just checking. I I'm confident this is this is a pretty indicative regular lifespan of cold for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to clean the whole house. I got that like Microban 24 spray. I don't know. I I bought it because of the commercial said that um it it kills bacteria or germs or whatever 24 mm-hmm. hours after you use it. What? That's what the commercial said. So I bought one for mom and Sarah and me all at Christmas time. So I busted it out over the weekend and sanitized all of my garbage cans because okay. you know how much I use Kleenexes in a non-cold season. Oh, so annoying. Yes. So I love me Kleenexes. Kleenex boxes in every room. Um, so I sanitized all of that. I did the sink. I did the bathroom, did the doorknobs, washed all the linens, new toothbrush, a new toothbrush that is a level of yeah you can't, keep, you can't keep brushing your teeth with your germy like cold germ toothbrush you have to change it and i'll change it again next week Duh. i am blown away i've never ever thought like after you're sick that you have to get a new toothbrush that's a yeah you have all those sick germs in your mouth I mean, I'm not saying in principle it doesn't make sense. It makes sense. I just have never, never ever in it. my life, I've not even, never have I done it. Never have I even heard of anybody doing that. So mm. is that a thing that your mom instituted or is this a thing that you have came to in, in your later years? No, I assume this was from Gail that okay. like after you're sick, you have to change your toothbrush. I, I want some confirmation on where this, this came from. So, well, I'll have her call you. <laughs> Please do. Facebook message works just as well. I don't actually want to talk to people on the phone. Um, I, Good luck getting her off the phone. I know. That's that's why. I have a new confession. Oh. I have a new hobby. I can't. I can't wait. I, I'm, I, so, I'm so excited. You went from zero hobbies to 60 in a very short amount of time. I'm not still certain that it's classified as a, ho- a hobby, but I've decided that I want to play video games on the computer. Um, I, w- okay. I want to play video games like dumb games like Sims or something on my computer. And so I went and bought a computer to play the computer games because you can't download the games on my Mac. Didn't think about that because you just got a new computer. Yep, for school. Yep, totally did. And um, of course, the computer games don't 
don't work on my Mac laptop. So that's a bummer. Then I have mm -hmm. a work laptop. Which but they can't do. They yeah. won't let me download anything on it because they're mean. Mm -hmm. So then so I had to bought like a little PC to run yes, video games and I, off and of. And I didn't buy something incredibly expensive. I'm talking like under four hundred dollars. So I can just picture Michael listening to this from New Jersey. He already knows. He's already like <laughs> he's already given up. I mean, he has the multi thousand dollar computer that he took with him. So now right. I am like sitting at my desk, which is a complete shit show. Um, I have an old fish tank here that I need to like take down and get rid of. I was going to ask you what happened to that fish tank behind you. What happened to the fish in there? They're downstairs in the big one. Oh. Um, yeah. We've moved but that was your office. That was your office Carmen, fish tank. We're on hobby number three. We're past the fish tanks. We are now on to computer gaming to the point where last night I wanted said computer and then I bought one only then for the computer I bought not to have a Wi-Fi on it. So then I was over that computer. So I'm returning that one. Then I, cause I wanted to. What does that mean cheap. that it doesn't have Wi-Fi on it? I had to like plug it in with a cord like back in the day and I don't have like an ethernet cord anywhere near me. Anyways. So then I drove around at like 10 o'clock at night to like three different Walmarts looking for this computer only for all the Walmarts not to have it. But then they all tell me that they're like online inventory system doesn't actually work. So even though it says online that they were at said Walmart, mm. nope, nope, not actually a real thing. So that was annoying. So anyways, got a computer from Best Buy this morning. So that, that's my new thing. I still haven't put up my treadmill, which was hobby. I don't know if that was hobby number two or hobby number three. I don't know which one I'm on yet, but. Wasn't that why we didn't record over the weekend? Because you were going to put up your treadmill? That was on Sunday. No, that was why we didn't record yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, but instead, yesterday got spent computer things. Sure, sure. I mean, it happens. Totally. It happens. So we'll see. We'll see how long this one lasts. But I don't know. I'm just, you know, every month trying out something new. Well, sure. I mean, really, you should have just called it a uh, resolution. Try something new once a month. And is it, then. <clears throat> is it too late to make it a resolution? Can well, I? Can I, I say that? no. I say no. Go okay. for it. All right. I'm New Year's resolution. I, I always do New Year's resolutions and then birthday resolutions because my birthday's in July. So <laughs> that way you get a second chance every year. So you can just use your second chance in April. That makes you sense. Because make, my, birthday so, my birthday is so, so close, close to Christmas. Exactly. And New Year. Like you can't do that. Um, I have one other update for people because okay. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're really interested. This is more of like a, a consumer. Um, announcement, a, a consumer, I don't know, like watchdog. I don't know. What do they call those? Consumer report. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. This is more of a consumer report. Okay. So I purchased the meal service freshly to have those like individual meals at home. So I don't like eat out all the time, which mm. hasn't worked, but, <laughs> and it hasn't worked because the food is shit. It is so gross. Oh. And like plain, plain and boring. Um, 
so if you are thinking of doing freshly and I don't know what the like larger meal kits look like, but the individual sized ones, garbage. Do not buy them. Weird. Yep. Just right. so there's that. There's that. Don't do that, Carmen. Don't buy those. I will make a note. Thank you. I knew you would. I knew you would um, enjoy that report. Mm, good job. Good do job. you you know who else is up in arms over things? I mean, Everybody? the feminists. No, I don't. I don't. Who? They're always mad. Like, well, that's, that's the joke. But of them. Oh, it's like no. We've all we have all collectively moved on from the feminists. The the world has. Um, oh, we we're going to talk about the feminists later, but I wasn't sure if that's where you're going. So go ahead. No, I'm not. I'm talking about my um, my friend and and colleague and um, former classmate Christine Holm. <laughs> um, I'm sure she enjoys the idea that her and I are friends, but there has been a lot of talk about. I prefer Christ- the fact that you're. Classmates, we were. We I sat know. next to each other. We chit chatted during graduation. It was. It is the, one of my favorite stories. In my it was life. incredibly awkward. Um, as we both are like, huh? So we have to sit next to each other for this entire thing, huh? Yep. Um, <laughs> but in NPR, there was an article by Lee Stromberg titled "South Dakota Governor Bans Transgender Girl f- Girls from Sports Teams by Executive Order." And there has been a lot of talk about this. And I know we've. Wait, can, I'm sorry. Can I just interrupt real quick? Yeah. Um, but Lee Strubinger is um, South Dakota. He is part of the Rapid City Bureau for South Dakota Public Broadcasting. So lovely. Shout out, Lee. Okay, go ahead. I, um, I'm sure Lee appreciated our shout out on the podcast I'm that he doesn't sure. listen to. Um, Maybe I'll tag him. I, well, let's 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 see it because you know I'm real. I'm in charge of the Twitter, which I've done a very good job at. Yes, um, but there's been a lot of talk about Christy Nome. We just haven't talked about it on this podcast, even nationally, about her weird, we, weird obsession. I think we touched on it very, very. We briefly. touched that was my parting thought last time because yeah. of sports. Um, basically, she's trying to ban ban transgender folks from participating in athletics under the disguise of trying to protect title nine, which is just ludicrous. But she picked a fight with the Republicans in the South Dakota legislature who passed a horrific anti-trans bill because she was afraid that it was going to face basically that it wouldn't survive legal scrutiny, which it won't. And so then she basically asked them to do a form veto to which they were like, "Mm." No, you're being you're being weak. You're not very conservative. Only then for Christy to come out and be like, oh, no, I am so conservative and so anti-trans that I am going to start a national campaign um, and create a movement, which, again, dumb, 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 dumb. So she anyways has went on to um, on Monday to sign two executive orders. Basically banning uh, female trans athletes from participating in female sports, which somebody who is a trans female is actually just a female. That's that's actually how it works. Um, and it, this NPR article just basically points out that this is all incredibly dumb and stupid um, and can't quite figure out what's going on. And there's a battle um, within the party with her basically about who can be the most anti-trans and at the end of the day, there was in 2013, because this item has this topic has been a, a, a frequent 
topic of conversation in the South Dakota legislature as well as other legislatures across the country. Um, but the South Dakota um, Sports Association, Athletic Association, you know, had a, a rule in place from 2013 that basically states that a transgender youth to participate in athletics has to get a doctor's note saying that the, the, the kid is transgender and then it goes to a board to decide whether or not this said transgender athlete would have a competitive advantage. Um, so th- there was a process in place to handle this because this is big. This is Christy's big disguise over why she's going after this is that she's you know really worried about female athletes having to compete against men that are just secretly wanting to pretend to be women so they can beat them in sports. Um, right. Which makes zero sense. Zero sense. Yes. Yeah. This, I mean, we, this is just the new abortion, right? Like this is just what everyone's trying to hang their hat on. Alabama just passed some shitty anti-trans bill that basically says that you can choose not to provide health care to <clears throat> trans youth in Alabama. Was that Alabama or Arkansas? I thought Arkansas did that. Oh, sh- you know what? I think it's both. As okay, I googled, as I googled it. Okay, I was um, like, I know Arkansas did it for sure. Just did Alabama that. trans youth dismayed by state's effort to block medical care. Arkansas passes bill to ban gender affirming care for trans youth. So we're both right. Yeah. Um, well, the thing that's interesting about the South Dakota piece, which Lee points out at the very end, that since this South Dakota Athletics Association which is in charge of all of the high school K-12 athletics since their policy has been in place. There has only been one trans athlete um, who has participated in, in quote unquote female sports. So again, talking about spending a whole lot of time, energy and money on something that actually isn't a problem. Right. And then the ACLU will sue them and then they will lose. And then the state has to pay money to the ACLU and this just goes on and on. And it's just for no disgusting reason. posturing um, and using these children as their political football. And it's it's obscene. Well, and we know that it is political posturing because one, Christy has decided that she was going to have a national campaign about that. Um, that didn't get a whole lot of traction. She faced a lot of backlash, you know, for, of course, using images of people mm-hmm. from Ohio. And not having permission from um, the kids that were on the website to also the fact that she picked a fight with little Nas X over the weekend because she is on this great Christian crusade who, if you don't know, um, uh, little Nas X, um, he, God, what was that song? He had a huge song that old, old country road that uh, take me down to the bubba, whatever with Billy Ray Cyrus. Thank you. Um, that's my my. That was nice. I, I liked it. Yep. But he released another song where he, of course, is now he is out and he was grinding up up on Satan. And anyways, he partnered in the selling shoes and Christy was like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, um, all of Thanks. a sudden, uh, he tweeted her back and was like, you're a governor. Like, don't you have something else to be focused on? Like, what is this shit? And she then, like, proceeded to quote a Bible verse back at him. So she's picking fights with rap one-hit wonders just for no reason. The, the whole thing 
the whole thing. It's just too much. Like somebody texted me that over the weekend and I was like, I can't, I can't read about this. This woman <laughs> who's supposed to be in charge of this day where we're all, everyone is dying. And uh, it's, it's too much. It's too much for me. Too much. But I love that she all of a sudden, you know, is all about trying to protect. Right. With the Satan sneakers athletes. and yeah, the trans kids. And it's. The thing that I find interesting about this, right. Is that they don't, they don't again, take it from the larger trans community perspective you know like they they specifically hang the hat on trans trans girls which would be boys that transition into women playing in athletics why are they they never seem to go after the trans boys like they're none of like why isn't she just worried about athletics in general why I always find it no, interesting it's that the, they specifically it's the, the people with penises are gonna sneak into the locker rooms and then sexually assault the poor innocent yes, that's volleyball it, players. I'm pretty sure is what's gonna happen. Yes, the the <clears throat> high school student is going anyone. to yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how to talk about it without getting incredibly graphic, but I just always find it interesting that they are not like across the board anti-trans, which they are, of course, but they specifically target and go after trans girls. And it's just gross. Like, yeah, the well, entire it's, statement. It's a lot of like purity culture because that's that's part of it is we need to protect. We need to protect girls that there was some air quotes around girls um, to, to to keep them pure and to to protect them from uh, everything. I don't, I don't know. It makes no sense. So. Uh, so I'm glad, I'm glad your guys as governors staying on top of things. Yeah. Mine's just, mine's preoccupied doing dumb COVID press conferences all the time. I I wish Christina would give a press conference about COVID. I mean that would be. Well, she does. You just we still don't like what we get as a result from that either. Um, I also want to point out just to finish up Zach's story that people keep asking if she's met with any families of trans youth and the her office and her communications person refused to comment so we're assuming no but also i i get this and this is the difference between the politics and the policy people but people she isn't doing this for policy she doesn't actually care to meet trans family i know but it's just like don't be dumb also people asking this question like don't be naive about what that she just isn't educated enough christy gnome is not dumb well, I, do not I don't like think her. they're not dumb either. Like they're just trying to point out, like, it's just a, I know, but I, I just always, when everybody says that it's like the way to Christie's, you're not going to edu- educate Christy Gnome on the subject matter. You are not going to win her over by like having a personal connection with her. That's not what's going on because I, I think Christy Gnome is evil, but I don't think she's dumb. And so she is doing this for a very specific reason. And she does not want to meet <laughs> with said, um trans family members and if she did meet with them it still actually wouldn't make any bit of a difference so let's not waste our time on trying to educate christina let's just fucking beat her at the ballot box finally let's just make sure she isn't in power anymore that would be ideal yes so um let's talk about women who actually are in danger of assault Mm -hmm. so not your precious precious high school volleyball player is not at risk no. from 
other girls girls and their volleyball team but they are at risk in minnesota so w i have have two different um articles to be talking about the same topic so i'll just start with the washington post a minnesota man can't be charged with felony rape because the woman chose to drink beforehand comma court rules by marissa ayati so the, the situation is a 20-year-old woman took five shots of vodka and a prescription pill and blacked out and was raped by a man um, that she met shortly afterward. And very recently, in a 6-0 to zero unanimous decision, the courts have recognized that, or the courts said that she was not mentally incapacitated under state law because she took all of that alcohol herself. She chose to become drunk. Whereas the law only recognizes mentally incapacitated and incapable of consenting to sex if the substances were administered without that person's consent, such as somebody like spike the punch or whatever. So that is unfortunate. Yeah. And so then the update to that is a um, WCCO CBS Minnesota article. Protesters push Minnesota lawmakers to pass stronger sexual assault laws by Caroline Cummings. And so they just had a couple hundred protesters rally at the Capitol just yesterday to demand that they update the state law to make it easier to seek justice for victims who are sexually assaulted while intoxicated. Um, So even though they may voluntarily drink alcohol or be under the influence of drugs, uh, they would be considered ineligible to consent to sex, which would make it then sexual assault slash rape. Yeah, it's incredibly um, unfortunate that our sexual assault laws are have this loophole in them, right? And I mean, this this has been on the news a bunch around here, and the Search Tribune has done a couple of, of pieces about it as well. And um, the Supreme Court came down unanimous that, you know, that... By reading the state law, right? They, the dudes' lawyers did a good job of finding this loophole and getting them out. Um, and it is something that needs to be corrected. And and the Supreme Court basically did come down and say, like, you know, this, this is wrong. This is yeah. Also, uh, this should be fixed. This should this be is what the law this, is, but it's bad. This is, yes, the Supreme Court came out and was like, this is bad. This needs to be fixed. But the court is not the institution to to fix this, right? The legislature needs to do this, and so, um, yeah, it's a it's a unfortunate ruling. And then later in that piece, I think the WCCO piece pointed out that there has been efforts in the past to update this and correct this loophole that have failed. Um, so again, we'll see if everybody gets their their stuff together and does the right thing. Um, but currently, I think it says that, you know, the Senate and the House bill, neither one have 
have hearings yet. And I, and now I think you're getting to the very end of the legislative legislative session. So, yeah, I think yours does end in April. Yeah. Um, but they do have bipartisan support. Um, so, and then Keith Ellison, the attorney general is also on board with this, but it's not really like up to him basically. No, he can't do anything. Um, but yes, they are. And it's so interesting because it's what it comes down to, right. Is this mentally incapacitated and obviously you're mentally incapacitated if you're super drunk, no matter how drunk you got, like, no matter how you got there. Yeah. It's Um, just always interesting to me because like, does that same logic work to like, if you got drunk and you were, you were murdered, you like, walk to the wrong spot and you were murdered like right. well now you're responsible because i guess you chose to have a bud light like sorry well, and dead. there there were several women on tiktok making that same argument so like if you choose to get drunk yourself at you know at a bar or at a frat party or whatever and i uh, stab you yeah, is it totally. your fault it is by by this reasoning it's your fault that i stabbed you 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 were not mentally incapacitated because you chose to get there on your own. You did and this to yourself. You ran into my knife ten times. I know, kind of like this is how the purge starts. Like it starts now a in lo- Minnesota because apparently, <laughs> right? You're this- like, well, we found a loophole in the law, so time to get murdered, y'all. Um, it's just, it's really, really well, and it's, it's so it's victim blaming, obviously, and it's just another another way to say that um, men aren't responsible for their actions and that women are responsible for men's actions. It's, it's really. Yeah. Yeah. Not, immoral. Not, not great. <laughs> not great over here. Um, yeah. And I, and I really do feel like there is going to, I'm surprised this got any attention to be quite frank with you now because everybody in Minnesota is now paying attention to the Chauvin trial. So the fact that we're even talking about what happened in this was that it even had some national attention is impressive. But I mean, I think the reality is this is something that's probably going to get taken up next legislative session, unfortunately. Um, But what a weird I mean, do you think the I I, I would like to think that the, the defense lawyers, of course, felt gross finding this or figuring this out that this was an angle that they could play but also like good on them for right pointing out the the loophole i mean everyone isn't entitled to a vigorous defense and yeah they're they're doing a good job but (laughs) but it does and maybe this is what needed to happen right they needed to find it so in order for the law to change and this is how change happens oh Oh, so slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Gross. No more Bud Lights for any of us because <laughs> I don't, I can't be responsible for everything I do. Same. 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 All right. Brink, drink, break. One thing that I was very excited about this weekend. Um, first I'm dancing because uh, I know, I know what this is going to be. So, yes. I'm hyped. Let's do I it. I love Tina Turner. And I was trying to remember, like, I don't remember my parents being huge Tina Turner fans. So I was trying to figure out where young gay in the closet Zach decided that he loved Tina Turner. And I went through a phase where I bought, like, all of the albums, 
talked about her incessantly to my family, made them listen to every Tina Turner song, no matter where we went. Um, and if that didn't tip them off, well, <laughs> then Celine before that and, and Savage Garden should have. But so I was trying to think of where it happened. Anyways, since then, I have been obsessed. And HBO, they finally released the Tina documentary. Um, and so there again was an article in NPR titled Tina Turner's Life Explored in New Documentary by Eric Degans. And it was wonderful. I watched it on Saturday when it came out. And this has been seen as kind of her, and she said this, her farewell to her fans, to her U.S. fans. Because she, I mean, now I think she's like 80, 81, something like that. She stopped, she really retired in 2009. I sadly did not get to see her, even though I had tickets, but we had to go to a family function in Montana and I was in high school. So there was no way I could have got out of it, but mm. do not think that I do not think about it on a frequent basis that I missed Tina Turner. Um, that being said, um, the documentary was wonderful and it was wonderful because it just shows how hard this bitch had to work. And all that she had to endure. And of course it talks about the fact, um, you know, the, the Ike Turner relationship and getting beat and all that. But it, it focuses on a part on like a, on a domestic abuse level that I don't think we talk about. It talks a lot about like the PTSD of it. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, the, the sh- the documentary has a lot of old footage, of course, and old interviews. Um, but it talks about the fact that when she kind of remade herself and she talks about that, it wasn't like a comeback. It was like really like the first time, like this was Tina, because before that it was Ike Turner. So this was like her come out album, not really a comeback. She never got to do her own thing when, you know, oh, interesting. What's love got yep. to do with mm-hmm. it. And when that came out, she was 40. And so, you know, she was seen as like a washed up old, you know, she wasn't the hot popular rocker, even though she was, but she talked about how she did an interview with people magazine and she was getting ready to launch because, you know, she needed some press. And quite frankly, she was just tired of talking about Ike and people asking questions and, you know, talking about it. She, her hope was with coming out with her story that people would stop asking her about him and that Hmm. they would stop. She would stop have to like looking back on that time as happy memories and reminiscing with people about like things that happened because it wasn't, it wasn't because it wasn't happy times. Right. Like she put on a lot of face cover up to cover up her busted up face and then danced her ass off. Um, But she, but of course that did not happen. And as she got bigger, basically the stories never the questioning from the press and the public never stopped. And to the point where she decided that she was going to write a book titled I Tina, um, where she was going to go in more detail and just like really lay out the entire, like the entire story. So basically there would never be a question that wouldn't be able to be answered by the book, right? Like she had laid out the entire story. And of course we know how, dumb we are as um, consumers and journalists they actually didn't read it and get the questions they continued to ask the questions and actually got more famous and the story was bigger like 
the it just never stopped right every time she would get asked about ike if he if something happened to him in you know his personal life they would ask a question about it they would go back and ask about the ike and tina days and her now husband you know talks about how she suffers still from nightmares of the situation and he can see like when she gets triggered and the ptsd and she she you know sadly talks about the fact that her life wasn't a happy life. She didn't have a good life. And, you know, she, the documentary talks about the fact that her mom and her parents both abandoned her and her kids when she was, you know, in her in her teens, never came back. She had to work in a cotton field that she then got in this abusive relationship with a man who beat the fuck out of her incessantly, never let her, you know, was incredibly controlling. She had no friends she would be given a small allowance. She was either like at home being a mom or she was on stage. She was basically just this workhorse. Um, and now, of course, she's able to relax and, you know, she's kind of getting she found love for the first time. And I don't know, it was just it was really interesting to see the whole story arc of her life and, and to see that it it was hard. Her life was hard and to see how tough she had to be to not only excel but to survive um i don't know anybody who thinks that like entertainers i mean i think entertainers now have a much easier way of it than what it was like in the 60s and 70s and 80s um especially as a black woman like the first gigantic black i mean talk about working your ass off and we thought it was interesting i was talking to my parents how it's kind of similar how there's quite a few women at the, the same age group as her that kind of mm, went through mm-hmm. the same the same basic thing. Cher had a very similar experience. Um, well, that is interesting. Yep. And, you know, how they had to kind of reinvent themselves. Um, so if you're interested in Tina, I'm sure everybody has, you know, knows her music. The, the documentary is like two hours long. It's really good. It's on HBO. I would encourage everybody to watch it, but I, you know, I just thought it was interesting. Oprah was talking about the fact that Oprah is a huge fan of, of Tina Turner and that Tina was like the first person that really brought up domestic abuse and talked about it publicly and made it a, a, a huge like worldwide issue and gave awareness to it and what she did for, for that. Um, I don't want to say movement, but, the reality of it and giving it a, a voice and shedding light on it um, is pretty traumatic. But I'd also say like, well, I think it, part of it is, is like, you can say it happens to everyone. Like it doesn't just happen to, you know, poor people. It doesn't just happen to <clears throat> like, no. she was a famous entertainer and found herself in this cycle that she could not break free from no and i think that well she talks about the fact that loyalty was really important to her and she made a promise and back like she said she would never leave him and so to leave him was incredibly hard and um it 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 was sad but i think one of the things that you know i think we all need to take away and journalists included that like when somebody like this brings something like this up you should really stop asking questions about it you know what I mean? Talk about, again, the PTSD about an abusive situation. Once they tell their truth, it isn't something that everybody wants to continue, continually revisit, right? Like they want to get, a, they want to get away from it. So um, 
I don't know. I just thought it was a really interesting look into somebody who has been scarred <laughs> and how she struggled with the continual revisit of the trauma. Um, it's really interesting to watch. That is super interesting. So, yeah. Poor Tina. Poor Tina. I know. Now she's like 80, lives in Switzerland. She gave up her American citizenship. Um, she's had, yeah. had a lot of like health stuff. As of I late. feel like um, CBS Sunday morning, I think must have done something on her when they went to Switzerland and they were like, yeah, yeah. you seem to be doing pretty they, awesome over here. They did because um, Gail King did that after she had yes, there you go. admitted that she you know, had had a stroke. She had to relearn how to walk at like 80. She had like intestinal cancer. She had a kidney transplant. She's had a lot of health things, but that's when she was on the news. So that's my entertainment upbeat. Nice. Uh, well, I'm finishing with an article from HuffPost, and I know I teased it probably a couple weeks ago because I did think it was super, super interesting, and uh, I needed an article for today. So California Experiment Shows Giving People Cash Dramatically Improves Lives by Sarah Ruiz Grossman. And this was kind of a pilot program. It was a guaranteed income program, also known as Universal Basic Income or UBI. Um, and if you followed Andrew Yang at all during the presidential race last year, he's a big proponent of UBI. And um, so they gave people $500 per month. Um, it was 125 people in Stockton, California. And they found that their job prospects and mental health got better. So it's a 24-month program. It started in February of 2019. So they, um, <clears throat> but they just released a study the beginning of March on the first year. So February 2019 to February 2020 and found that beneficiaries got full-time jobs at over twice the rate of non-recipients because there's also a control group were less anxious and depressed, obviously, because poverty mm -hmm. and reported improvements in emotional health, well-being and fatigued. And it is, I thought it was such a cool, such a cool thing because the, a lot of the arguments against UBI is like, well, why would people work if you're just sending them money for free? Then obviously they're going to sit around and yes, because five hundred dollars a month sit around and and right and just everything. do nothing. Mm -hmm. So they also had um, <clears throat> so at the start, twenty eight percent of the group was set to get the five hundred dollars per month. They had full time jobs, and after that first year, forty percent were employed full time. And for the control group who didn't get the cash. It went from 32 to 37. Um, people who received the extra cash spent it on basic needs such as food, belongings, utilities, and car costs. And they have the percentage breakdown. Mm -hmm. Less than 1% of the monthly $500 was spent on alcohol or tobacco, which I feel like is another thing people think that they're going to spend their money on. Sure, but who cares? Well, I agree. I don't care. But when you're when you're trying to make the case that this makes sense, um, you want to have the answer to all of those those yeah, questions totally. ahead of time. So now they have the real world data that proves a lot of the lies people have about who deserves money and what people do with that money just aren't true. Which is super, super interesting. 
And the guaranteed income is actually helpful in a way that we as a country can truly live up to our values. So the whole thing, it is just, it's super fascinating. So it's been tested at a significant scale in countries like Kenya and India, um, including uh, improved nutrition, excuse me, um, also in Finland. And then what we're kind of talking about was now these direct stimulus checks, right? Because now we've received three of them. This is a concept of UBI where you're giving people money because you you need it um, as a way to survive. And so here's a really small controlled study that um, I think is pretty, pretty amazing. And Stockton, California, their pilot program took place in a racially diverse city with a poverty rate that is twice that of the national average. Mm-hmm. Participants were 47% white, 28% black, 13% Asian, and 37% Latinx. And they quoted a guy named Thomas Vargas, and he said that uh, it was a big change for him. He was able to move from a part-time position to a full-time job. He had been very depressed. And this program that is called SEED, it brought him back. And moving from that part-time position to the full-time position said his income is way more than it was before, and he's been less stressed. And, like, obviously. So I just – I think it's – a really cool concept. And I think we're going to hear more about some UBI programs, maybe not on a large nationwide scale, but I do feel like you're going to see more of it. Well, that monthly, you know, child tax credit. Yeah, that's, that's uh, exactly what it is. Is a version of UBI. And the reality is, is everybody is against it until they receive it. And then they think it's great. Right. So you'll hear people like poo poo the UBI as you know, Andrew Yang had mentioned the thousand bucks a month or whatever that looks like, but all of a sudden they'll be like, "Oh, but you know the ch- child tax credit, I deserve that." And it's just always interesting when people's or opinions are based upon whether or not they get it or not. As long as they get it, then it's great. But if they're not the ones on the receiving end, then we have to poo-poo it. But again, well, all of this money isn't like going to sit in somebody's savings account they're spending it they're spending it and they're not spending it at the liquor store not that that's that there's anything wrong with that that's where my money would go but also think that's dumb because most i mean you're right you hear this stuff all the time you know the same people that are talking about food stamps and see somebody buy a steak with their their wick money it makes their head explode which I don't understand why poor people can't have a stake just like rich people can. Um, well, also but- keep your eyes on your own paper. Yeah, like, exactly. don't worry about other what other people are buying at the grocery store. Mind your own fucking business. But if you're worried about like buying booze and cigarettes, first off, that's the fastest way for the money to get back to the government as it is the most taxed. Uh, not to mention that in many communities, the local liquor store is a municipal and is owned by the city for tax revenue. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If that's not the case, it's probably owned by some mom and pop shop, you know, small business. So like back the fuck off and you're right. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Well, it's just like, you know, work requirements for Medicaid <laughs> and, or, you know, drug testing for Medicaid recipients. Like we have to make sure that these people aren't, you know, using, quote, our tax dollars for drugs. And it's been proven time and time again that they don't. 
<laughs> and yet, like, we can't fucking let it go. And, you know, our friend Phil is a farmer and he talks about he was like, farmers get so much welfare. Yeah. Yes, and they, they do. They do not think of it that way. No, because they deserve it. They think of it as like a government entitlement program, but it is the exact same. So let's everybody just mind their own business. And how many drunk ass farmers or farmers that have done, um, I don't know, meth have we all heard about? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again, look at us hating on farmers again. (laughs) And we don't hate on farmers. We just want some like we don't. We just want some equity. We just want want everyone to kind of maybe look around and be like, oh, maybe I what's that Bible verse about? Throwing stones, shit. I don't know. Ask Christy Noem. She's the one that seems to be tweeting She's Bible just, verses right now. She knows now. more about the Bible than I do. Yeah, we, we ain't good at the Bible. Oh, lovely. Any parting thoughts? I do. So the um, you can enroll. If you don't have health care right, or health insurance right now, uh, you should look into the healthcare.gov marketplace. Uh Joe Biden and his administration actually opened up open enrollment because normally it's only November, December, but they opened it back up in March. Um, It was only going to go through May. Now it's going to go through August. And because of the American Rescue Plan Act in April, April 1st, the new subsidies kick in. And so if you've looked before at getting insurance on the exchange and it's been too expensive, look again after April 1st because those prices may have changed and this is going to ensure a lot more people. It's really, really exciting. And the more people have health insurance and they aren't using the emergency room for their primary health care, uh, the better off we all are. So mm-hmm. tell your friends. Um, that's great. My parting thought is hating on somebody that we enjoy, which is Katie Porter. And you're going to hate on Katie Porter. I am going to hate on Katie (gasps) Porter because I don't know if you've been on Facebook and seen her fucking miserable fundraising videos where she asks for $3 and it is, she is like sitting. Well, I'm going to have to find these all the time because I get them all the time in my Facebook feed. She is sitting in a car and she's like pretending to drive her van and she's like, uh, and first off, be better at reading a fucking teleprompter at this point. If you're going to ask for money, don't make it look like you're reading a cue card because it's like I can watch your eyes read and you sound like a robot. And you're like, I'm busy. I know we're all busy. Will you please chip in three dollars to support our movement? And then there's one where her damn kid is in the back seat, and she's like, oh, we're busy driving. And it's like, no, you're not. The tree is not moving outside your window like this is. The dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Do better, oh Katie. Oh my God. Quite frankly, I am tired of the progressives um, again exploiting the like the small fundraising machine to the point where it's like, stop asking the person that makes twenty, thirty thousand dollars to support you to keep right. giving you ten dollars, to give you three dollars. Like, do the fucking hard work and also call the evil people and ask them for their money. I am tired of the poor person, like, getting sucked in. The same way that we talk about these people that, you know, give Donald Trump a bunch of money that makes no sense. Right, that they can't afford. They can't afford. The same thing is happening on the left, and we just, like, we feel better about the people that they obviously, (laughs) that are elected. 
but I don't know. I it is to the point where I feel like it's exploiting your supporters, and it's gross. And so, anyways, if you see the Katie Porter Facebook ads and Instagram ads where she pretends to be driving her fucking minivan and is reading a tel- like a cue card incredibly poorly, oh, roll past it. But I am so mad at her for these dumb ass end of quarter fundraising things we only have one more day for end of quarter so maybe they'll disappear after tomorrow but probably not then there's probably an end of month goal that she needs to hit mm-hmm. and then it'll be her birthday and then it will be her birthday. <laughs> and then it'll be her kid's birthday yep. and then we'll anyways do better katie porter Oof. well on that note i know it all right i guess we'll go back to work fine fine but let's get famous already please like like so like much faster than we have been <laughs> yes yes everyone um, send us three dollars <laughs> i was like would you all send us three dollars we can make our <laughs> end of month <laughs> our point podcast uh, right. <laughs> bye. bye thank you for listening to our point stay up to date and for links of the articles that we discussed in this podcast join us on facebook and twitter at our point podcast if you have articles that you would like us to discuss feel free to tag us on facebook or twitter or you can also email us at our at gmail.com